Hello and welcome to the Sandro Forte podcast. Over the many years I've been running a business, I've met many, many successful people, entrepreneurs, sports stars, celebrities, and dare I say, even royalty. So what makes a person successful? Do we know what success is? And the all-important question, can we create success for ourselves? This podcast series invites a diverse group of people to share their insights, their wisdom, and the things they've learned along the way. Today, I'm joined by the rather wonderful John Keel. Wonderful for reasons you're about to, to understand. And John is the CEO of Improved Results LLC, a company that specializes in increasing revenue for large businesses. John is the old dog with new tricks. His definition, uh, not mine, but you're going to find out why he refers to himself or rather others refer to him as the old dog with new tricks. So we'll find out more about this on the episode. John has a wealth of experience and he's a very, very lovely chap as well. I had the pleasure of meeting him not long ago and he works with over 1,250 businesses in 85 niche areas. Very impressive indeed, I have to say. I'm, I'm not just excited because this man has a life of wisdom and it's his 49th uh, anniversary today, which is amazing. Congratulations, John. But very, very excited because he's a genuinely lovely man and I'm very proud and honoured to be part of a very exciting uh, and productive network that we're both members of. So that's how I came to, met, uh, to meet John originally uh, and, and couldn't resist the opportunity to bring him onto the Sandro Forte podcast as a guest for all the reasons you're about to understand. John Keel uh, from the East Coast of the United States. Welcome to the Sandro Forte podcast. Sandro, thank you. I am honored to be here. I was honored when you invited me. And of course, I put it on my calendar and was up early today getting getting myself mentally prepared. <laughs> you were very, very, uh, very early riser. That's for sure. John, let's dive right in because in 30 minutes, I don't think we're even going to scratch the surface with some of your career highlights and accolades. But let's just start right at the beginning. You know, your background, where did it, where did it all start for John Keel? Well, I have two engineering degrees, a bachelor's in chemical and then a master's in environmental engineering. I got keyed into the environmental effort. Actually, I did the first Earth Day in 1970 at my university. I ran that. and But I always knew, Sandro, that I wanted to sell, do technical sales. So when I got my degrees and got out of school, at that point in time, sales jobs were not available. It was right at the end of the Vietnam War. And I had a military obligation coming up. So I went to work for Procter & Gamble in Cincinnati uh, as, a, uh, as an engineer and did that for several years. I knew fairly shortly thereafter that I was not a big company type of guy. And uh, so I had the opportunity to leave a couple of years later and go to work for a small privately held company in Cincinnati. We sold water treatment and wastewater treatment plant capital process equipment. And over 23 years ended up, did very well uh, in terms of results, ended up owning and running that business or more, more succinctly or, or properly, I should say, it ran me. Hmm. It almost cost me my family. And, uh, and, that, and that was a period 17 years into our marriage, never saw 49 in the, uh, in the wings, but it has happened anyway. Uh, we got our marriage together and 
most most of that came from my my having to change, change how I thought, how I acted, how I behaved. I remember Colleen, my wife, saying early on, she said, you know, we said in, until death do us part, and if you keep behaving the way you're behaving, yours is fast approaching. <laughs> <laughs> so let's just say I made major, major 180 degree changes in my life uh, at that time because I just I needed to and I wanted to. And out of that, Sandro, uh, we decided that I needed to get out of what I was doing. You know, I think it was Einstein said, keep doing what you're doing, you're gonna get the same results. And I didn't wanna be back there in five years. So I sold that business, cold turkey, and, and just, I didn't know what I was gonna do, but I knew I needed to be out of that environment. And so I'm sitting at home one day after I'd sold and was no longer there. I had gone back to school uh, in the late 80s and uh, went through uh, the executive MBA program at Xavier University in Cincinnati. And maybe it's because of my engineering background, I have a love for numbers. So I ended up taking every finance course they offered after I graduated. And uh, that, that has proven very helpful, by the way. And the dean of the, of the business school, I was on his advisory board. He said, let's have lunch. And he said, I'd like you to teach since you don't have a job and you've got all this time. So I uh, was an adjunct professor in the MBA program there for about eight years total. A couple of years later, new dean, and that, that's important only because I had a couple of students come down after class one night, <clears throat> January of 97, and ask me, what do you know about the internet? Now, January of 97, there were 72,000 websites in the world. And I don't, I don't know how many there are today, but billions, obviously. And nobody knew anything then. So what I did was go online for about eight to 10 hours a day for eight weeks, checking it out. And I said, I've always had the ability, or maybe it's a gift, to be able to see something and then maybe see where it can be in the future, to be able to vision it out. And I said, this, is, this could be a great business tool. And I better learn about this. So I did and uh, found five people, five, they all happen to be men, who uh, today are considered grandfathers of online marketing. And I very naively called them. I didn't email or text or any of that kind of stuff. I got on the phone and called them and said, look, would you teach me what you know? And their response was, if you pay, sure. And I did, and they did. <laughs> and uh, so I got another master's, I guess you could say, another advanced degree. It was more expensive than my first one. Uh, came back to Cincinnati thinking I'm gonna just kick butt, quite frankly, because I had a number of local business connections. I'd been very active in the local chamber of commerce in Cincinnati with small businesses, because I love small business. And after six months I had zero success. I remember coming home one day complaining. My oldest daughter said, well, dad, it's quite obvious and for those of you that have children, you know, your kids, as they get older, they come, they just say things that are so wise. And, and, and I said, what do you mean? And she said, you're trying to convince people who don't know they have a problem that they do. That was wise. And I said, as opposed to, she says, why don't you find people who have a pain, have a problem, and help them improve their results, which is where the name for my business came from. 
I owe it all to her. So I modified the approach and began to have some success. Went to the new dean, and uh, after I'd done some research and found there were no MBA-level online marketing programs within 250 miles of Cincinnati at that time. Xavier's a private university, and he said, again, I was on his advisory board, and he said, put it together. So I put a program together, put an MBA program together for online, basically online marketing, if you will, and kicked that off. Ended up teaching that for four of the eight years. And out of that, uh, and people say, wow, you were a college professor. And I say, don't be so impressed. You only have to be one week ahead of your students. <laughs> there was no book. And, 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 and really, you only have to be one week ahead. You don't have to have all the knowledge, just the next week's worth. And some of my, several of my students, because Cincinnati uh, is a very large branding agency town with Procter & Gamble and Kroger and other major corporations there. And these students, ex, they had gone through the coursework and then came back to me later and said, you know, we're, we're being asked by our major clients what to do relative to the internet. We don't know what to do. Would you be our hired gun? So I was acting as their hired gun for about four years, you know, with, with large Fortune 50, Fortune 100, Fortune 500 companies. And, and that confirmed why I left Procter & Gamble large company. I, I said, at that point, I said, I will never work with a large publicly held corporation again. They move too slow and a lot of other reasons. So I, I haven't, I've not, I've not done that in 20 some odd years since then. I got, continued to kind of be at the forefront of some different things. Um, discovered the, uh, what people today know as uh, Google AdWords. It was actually the precursor to Google pay-per-click search engines. I discovered it in 1997, 1998. And back then, people who use Google AdWords in any of their marketing know that it's expensive or can be expensive. Back then, you could get one, one penny per click. And today, it's dollars. Mm. Uh, got a reputation for that. Uh, a couple of my other students developed some software which automated the bidding process, and we patented that. And all of a sudden, now I'm going to events and speaking about the software. And this was an interesting learning for me because I love to speak, but I didn't know how to sell from stage. I was just educating. And I remember the first event, Sandro, that I talked, talked at, I said, and you could subscribe for, I forget what it was, I don't know, $30 a month or something like that. And there must have been 20 people who, who literally rushed the stage and said, we don't want to subscribe. We want you to do it for us. I learned a lesson there because most people don't want to do the work. They want mm -hmm. you to do it for them. So I evolved a done-for-you model out of that. And in a year had well over 100 clients literally around the world because they had the opportunity to speak in a couple of different countries, you know, UK included, England included. And that was that was growing. Google, Google comes along and I knew that I did not want to be the pay-per-click king. That is what I wanted to be known for. Got out of that a little bit and uh, decided that what I really want to do is work with small business because I had grown my business from it was five or six million up to 15 million in about five years. 
And so I knew how to grow business. And that, that became my focus. And so for the last, I don't know what, 10, 15 years, I've focused on increasing revenue for businesses in the one to 30 million range in terms of uh, annual revenue turnover. That's gone pretty well. As you said, I've had the opportunity to work with a lot of different companies in, in a number of niches. And I've concluded in that time frame because many business people I've run into, and I'm sure you've heard it too, but my business is different. Mm. No, 90% of all businesses is the same, I believe, very strongly. Uh, terminology and language may be different, but basic, basic business is the same. And so that's the approach I've taken. And it's been based on principles, not techniques, because techniques change, as, as you know. Mm. And what's popular today may not even work two years from now. And but principles always change, always remain the same. I'm working with, from a copywriting standpoint, I, I've got books that, that were written over 100 years ago that I use as reference material because principles never change. Yeah. And so it's just taking that, that approach to working with businesses to increase revenue. And just one more last point on that, I believe. Many times uh, people say, well, I don't want to invest money in marketing or anything or any advertising or anything like that. And, and I, I never use those terms in my, in my collateral In any of my collateral, my website, you, you won't find the, find the term marketing on it because businesses don't want to spend money on marketing. I have found they just want the results, which is increased revenue, which is where my focus is. And so uh, the old dog with new tricks moniker was given to me by uh, some good friends probably 10 years ago. And we were at a conference and they said, you know, you've been around a while. You're literally just the old dog with new tricks because you always are bringing new things to the marketplace in terms of how you do what you do. And that's very rare. Mm. So in any event, that's... Uh, that kind of gets us up to today. And last year, I'll you know, quite frankly, 2020 was no fun for me. I remember March 1st, and this is full disclosure. March 1st of last year, I was ex from new clients. And they called me at nine. I had two calls, one at nine o'clock and one at 9.05. And they said, by the way, we're not going to proceed <laughs> because nobody knew what was going to happen. And I didn't like that from a cash flow standpoint. And I had a couple people that I've communicated with continually over the years. And they said, you know, going back to your teaching experience, why don't you just develop some coaching for people? So I did and very quickly got that together and got that out. And so that, that really helped through the year and learned a lot about myself and about how to work with people better. And then uh, in the late summer, I had the opportunity to become a part of a consortium of six worldwide companies that uh, we work together. And we are, I, I guess you could say LinkedIn experts. And so they a system that was actually developed in the, in the UK that we're using as a, as a backend. So we're all white label partners for that. So we kicked that business off in August and that's you know profitable the first month. It's a SaaS product. 
uh, not growing as fast as I want it to grow. They never do, it seems. But the, we're on a track to, uh, and that'll be a million dollar business within a year in terms of turnover. I know how to build businesses. And so I'm gonna actually eat my own dog food, I guess, so to speak. <laughs> Um, John, so that when, kind of brings it back to today. Very, very, very impressive. Um, quite, quite a CV. Uh, when you and I first met, one thing that really struck me was your self-awareness, and, and what I mean by that is your your. You, you mentioned the words full transparency just now. You, you strike me as being somebody who is self-aware very open, very transparent, very honest. Talking about the values that you live by, uh, those, the, the mantra, if you like, for the successful outcomes you help businesses to achieve, are there a kind of a set of rules that, maybe not a, rule, a set of rules, but are there some fundamentals that you believe anybody looking to achieve success, whatever that means to people, um, need to, uh, to, you know, need to check the boxes of in order to get to a desired outcome? Uh, very much so. And this, this was part of the transformation that I began when I was 42 years old. And that process took 10 years because I had 42 years of certain behaviors, uh, one of which I was not honest with anybody. Not that I was dishonest, but I just didn't really reveal who I was. I was not authentic. And what I didn't realize, Sandro, is that people can see right through that. And out of that, I developed and wrote down six values that I live my life by, and, and they're the same. They're not business values, they're my values. And I, I make that distinction because I find that many people, and I was one of them, or what I, what I call siloed. They're one way in business, they're one way at home, they're one way in other situations. I'm the same across the board. So I have basically de-siloed to myself. I have no silos. And I mean, I'll share those values with you because they're on my website. Hmm. Um, but it's, you know, first of all is integrity. You know, I am true to my word, period. And I will not work with people who do not have integrity. And I just had a situation about two months ago where I friend of mine, an associate of mine, uh, broke his word. And so I just got a text from him this morning. Can we have coffee? And I said, you know, I don't really think there's a need to. I don't want to have anything to do with him, business-wise, uh, because he does not have integrity. Uh, the second one is respect and fairness. Uh, and I really don't like the word fair, because fair is a very subjective term, I think. But I treat everybody fairly and with respect. And that's 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 what that means. Uh, the third was personal responsibility. I do what I say I'm going to do and own it when I don't. I just had a situation last month where about a year ago with a former client, and we had a good relationship after we didn't, you know, after we be, uh, ceased working together. And we had a screw up on our end. One of my people did something and, and ended up costing him about $2,500. And he said, I'd like you to write me a check for $2,500. <laughs> In fact, I, I wrote a LinkedIn post about this. I said, that was the right thing to do. And I said, I take responsibility for what you know happened in my business. 
And so I wrote him the check. Not fun, but it's the right thing to do. And it all gets back to personal responsibility. Uh, perseverance is another value that I have. And, you know, I just keep going no matter how difficult the situation. As you might expect, in 24 years of business, it hasn't all been up. I talked about last year as being a down. I've had a couple others over the last 24 years. And you just kind of keep going. I think it was Churchill said, never, never, never give up. I forget the speech at Eaton, I think it was. And I just keep going. Sort of like that bulldog. I, I guess I'm too dumb to quit. Um, and growth is another one that I continually get better at what I do and how I do it. When we quit growing, when we quit growing, we begin to die. And you know, I'm 74 years old, and somebody was asking me recently, you don't act like a 74 year old. I said, Well, I don't know what that means, but thank you. Uh, we've got to continue to grow and get better because each of us has so much to give. There are people out there that need what we have, regardless of what we're doing. And, and it's irresponsible, I believe, to just quit and, and not, not keep providing value to folks. And then the last one is excellence, not perfection, but excellence, the big difference. Uh, and, and I define excellence as good enough doesn't cut it. So uh, this, is a, this is a big question, John, but I'm gonna ask it you because I think you've got the CV to cope with it. What, is, what does success mean to you? You know, you've had some, you've had some, uh, some times in your life where, as you say, you know, it hasn't gone in an upward trajectory. You've had some, some major obstacles to overcome. I'm particularly interested to learn as well. I guess this is two questions in one. I'm also interested to learn how John Keel managed to turn his life around 180 degrees, because that, that takes some doing, irrespective of your circumstances, to be confronted with pain, difficulty, challenge, and to make a conscious decision to flip 180, that takes some doing. I don't know too many people who have been too successful in, in doing that because we find a whole bunch of reasons why we shouldn't do it. You needed to, and you did it. How, how did you achieve that? Because I, I think I'd categorize that as success. How did you achieve such a successful outcome? Well, as you said, I, I knew I needed to change. And uh, real briefly, my wife and I were both having going through counseling at the time. We were, we were actually separated for three months. And the psychologist I was working with said, he says, he says, I'll work with you if you'll listen to me. He says, quite frankly, you're unfit for human consumption. <laughs> and that was like a big slap in the face, but I knew it. And here's the thing I, I, I learned, Sandra, we know. We know when things aren't working and the thing is to just go deep and be honest with ourselves. And that was, no, that was not an easy process to totally be honest with my wife for the first time in 17 years of marriage and to be honest with myself. It was for me, and, and, and this is just my story, maybe not work for everybody, but for me, it, it was all a spiritually based you know, I, I happen to be a Christ follower, and I'm not here to espouse that for anybody else, but that's what, that's what it's meant for me, is to be able to look at that as a resource and know that the answers are bigger than, than me, and I can't do it on my own, so I don't try to. Hmm. Uh, John, one of the, the, the things you mentioned earlier, I, I love the fact that 
you get up at four o'clock in the morning. I mean, that's the middle of the night for most people. But you spend 60 minutes. Forgive me if I've, I'm going to misquote you here, but uh, you spend 60 minutes kind of plugging in the analog before you go digital, right? Um, are there any other totally. daily... Are there any other daily habits that you believe we should all embrace or we should all maybe incorporate in our in our busy lives to help us get as successfully through uh, the day, the week, the month, the year as we possibly can? I've never been asked that exact question, but so I'll, I'll kind of wing it, if you will, for a minute. Yeah, during the day. I don't, and I, and I have to watch myself on this. I don't like to put 10 pounds into a five pound pail, 10 pounds of activity or things. And I go through the day with what I call an easy and light attitude. I mean, crap happens to every one of us. Things happen. I'm dealing with a difficult situation right now with a, with a partner and the tendency is for me to get angry and tense up, and then I just have to catch myself. And I set my alarm, uh, phone alarm, for 2 p.m. every day. And when it goes off, I said, okay, disconnect time. Just stop what you're doing and, and start thinking. Just think. Think. Get outside yourself, if you will. Calm down. Breathe deeply. Because otherwise, for me, I can get myself very, very worked up and I have to discipline myself not to get worked up during the day. Mm. Now, the other thing I do, and I do it once a week, on Saturday morning, I take about two hours on what I call, Sandro, critical thinking time. Where after I've done my morning thing, I will sit down and, 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 talk, not, talk, and talk to myself and think, what are the really important things that I'm working on right now that I really don't have answers for? I've got them. We all have them. And who can I reach out to? Because I have quite a, 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 a big network, if you will, of, of trusted advisors. But I just, I'll just pick up the phone and call and say, can we, can we schedule 10 minutes? And here's what's going on. Would you share with me your perspective? Because I need to get, again, when we're in the forest, it's it's lost in the forest, so to speak. We need somebody, or as I say it this way, it's like we're four foot high people in five foot high grass. And we're going through and we can't see where we're going. We don't know. And I just need these people to kind of pick me up by the scruff of the neck, lift me up above the grass so I can kind of see mm -hmm. and then put me back down and then I move forward. Yeah, That's the model that I use. How do people find out more about some of the wonderful things that you do, John? Are you uh, are you you know visible on social media? Do you have a website? Uh, you know, are there any books that have been written or being written? I mean, because it sounds like you've got a book in you somewhere. I think. Oh yes, our mutual friend Mindy Gibbons Kind is going to help me with that. Um, but yes, my I'm very active on on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is my tool of choice. And uh, of course, I have a business around that. But you know, J O N K E E L on LinkedIn, you can see a lot of the stuff I've written, and I write about a lot of this stuff on LinkedIn mm -hmm. in my posts. 
And I'm, I'm always willing to have a short call with anybody. I just had one yesterday from a guy from France who reached out to me and we, I don't know that there'll be any business that comes out of it, but I, I feel like I've been blessed with wisdom and, and knowledge in my experiences. And I hate to see particularly men go through with all kinds of struggles. It's just, it's not necessary. It's not necessary. So I'm glad to share my perspective. And then my website, improvedresults.com, is my all about my consulting business. To find out a little bit more about me there, I would I would actively encourage anyone to to check John out. Um, he and I are connected, and I I pick up all kinds of snippets of great information and words of wisdom almost on a daily basis. So uh, and and that's of course how this whole podcast came about today. Uh, John, uh, one of the questions, the the only question actually that we ask all of our guests. So. I'm afraid I'm not going to let uh, someone like you off the hook. And the question is quite simple, but it is kind of profound in some respects. The question is, if you were talking to a younger version of yourself, you know, a young man uh, brought up in exactly the same world that you found yourself being brought into, probably wanting to follow the same path that you followed. You know, he looks at you in awe and says, that's the guy I'd I'd like to be when I grow up. Um, if he came to you and said, you know, no doubt you can give me all of these different ideas and thoughts and, and the wisdom that, that you've shared, the integrity, the respect and fairness, the personal responsibility, perseverance, growth, excellence. I hope I've remembered those in the correct order. Um, then yes. what would be the one thing if there was just one? That, that kind of shone above all others, what would that one piece of advice you give to a younger version of yourself be, John? Um, and I have an answer for that. Number one, uh, it's 1A and 1B. 1A is to realize that you can't do it by yourself. Just admit it, you can't do it by yourself. And 1B is then find a mentor a trusted person that you could have a long-term relationship with who has already walked down the road. I mean, there are plenty of people out there, Sandra, giving advice, but they don't have the experience. Find somebody that's got the experience, the miles, who can, as, as, as issues come up, share with you from their experience. There's no reason to make the same mistakes that have already been made. I wish I'd had that 40 years ago. And you know what, of the, of the 160 plus guests, I think you're the first person that's come out with that piece of advice, but it's a, it's a very, very good one if you stop to think about it. Um, so thank you, John. Um, you know, sadly, very sadly, uh, we've kind of run out of time. I'm not sure where that half an hour just went. It was like the blink of an eye, um, but that just goes to show that I and everyone listening, I'm sure, has got so much value from, uh, from everything you've shared. And, and as I said before, I hope you don't find this embarrassing for me to say it because I know you're quite a modest chap, but you know, the, the authenticity and, and the openness and transparency with which you live your life and help others grow their businesses is, is really striking, John. And, and it was uh, almost incumbent upon me to, to bring you onto the Sandro Forte podcast, because if, if only so many more people could be the way you are and approach things in the way you do and, and help so many other people in the way that you do as well, uh, the world would be a you know a tremendously better place. So, John Keel, thank you so much for joining us on the Sandro Forte podcast. No doubt there will be a part B at some point soon. Um, but thank you very much indeed for for sharing your words of wisdom. 
Thanks for the opportunity, Sandra. Have a great day.